sorry I... I couldn't hear myself think. You took my gun? Yeah. Who are you? Nicholas, I'm Dr. Nicholas Garrigan. Uh, I work at the medical compound in McGamble. I'm, I'm a doctor. You are British. Yeah, well, well, I'm Scottish. Yeah, I'm Scottish. Scottish? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you say so? I thought we'd discuss against the Mau Mau. Great soldiers, very brave, and good people, completely. Let me tell you, if I could be anything instead of a Uganda, I would be a Scot. <laughs> right, really? <laughs> Except for the, the red hair, <laughs> which I'm sure is attractive to your women, but which we Africans, we find this quite disgusting. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to episode six of Wax Lyrical. Glad to um, have you joining us here again. I'm here, as usual, alongside my good friend Isa Dar. Assalamu alaikum, Isa. Wa alaikum assalam, Mohammed. How's it going? Alhamdulillah, not too bad. Um, Things are going well. It's been a been, it's been a busy and somewhat tough tough week. Um, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, likewise. Uh, been a busy busy few weeks actually, and um, yeah, it tends to take a toll. But alhamdulillah, well, that may um, be a good segue into our topic today because uh, we'll be discussing uh, mental health and all the things that uh, come with that. Um, perhaps Isa, if you want to take us away with what we wanted to discuss today. Um, so inshallah, just kind of talk about our own kind of uh, experiences, uh, you know, seeing the kind of uh, environment around mental health in the in the kind of community and sort of uh, um, just as a whole, how we've seen it. And then um, just how kind of thoughts and uh, uh, experiences really, just generally that's kind of what it's yeah, going to be. Um, and yeah, uh, just probably just as a caveat, obviously we're not going to talk about it from kind of a medical perspective or diagnose anything. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, just to have a general overview about kind of Muslim Muslim men and uh, mental mm. health and, and how what our observations have been, um, obs what our observations are um, of this yeah. phenomenon that I think is quite important to discuss. And um, luckily we have been joined once again by our, our good friend uh, Muhammad or Musa or Azir. Um, you can choose which name you want to refer him by. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. We did. We went through this. We went through this, didn't we? We um, in the last episode about your names that you have, right? We did. Yeah, it's a it's like a household topic <laughs> that we discuss. Yeah. yeah, you can call me Muhammad, Musa, or Zair. I think uh, for the sake of not Sakran, mm. if those 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 who don't know his his surname is mm. Sakrani. Yeah. In in Arabic, uh, one of two well, surnames. So, well, I, well, mm. let's not get into that one. Yeah, yeah. Probably got one of two birthdays as well, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Was it January first? January first is the official date. Fourteenth <laughs> yeah. is the personal date. So, Muhammad, how how how's things going? How are things going? Alhamdulillah, um, like the both of you, it's been a it's been quite a quite a week, you know. But I'm glad that it's over. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Yeah. To relax and to to recover. Yeah, it sounds like you've been through a war. Hey, sounds like you've... <laughs> well, is, isn't isn't life a war, huh? Yeah. Oh, actually, you, I think you'll find that life is uh, like a box of chocolates. But um, yeah, Isa, 
I guess, more yes. so as well. Um, a general question to you to kind of get the conversation started. From your observations of kind of maybe maybe let's keep this more specific to the Muslim community. How mm. how much of a problem do you think mental health is uh, for Muslims, and what have been your observations from maybe the friendship groups or or the wider community that all the local community that that you're in how prevalent do you think this issue is i mean i'll i'll say this that of course you know this is not a new thing this is not a new phenomenon or anything like that this is something that has always been and probably will always be but um over the last i'd say few years um i think there's been a development in the way we look at it um you know People know now that, you know, of course, uh, we went to the same university, we went to, you know, school together. So we we kind of saw some of the same uh, things there. We had some of the same experiences. And I think that um, for me, at least looking at, uh, for example, the kind of environment we were in, you know, the ISOC, the Islamic Society and whatnot, the way that uh, mental health was looked at in relation to men was a bit, uh, it was just a bit sort of... Uh, like brushed swept, aside yeah, swept under the rug maybe yeah that's why i feel uh musa what do you think no i agree um i think recently there's been more awareness as to what mental health is and how important it is but um specifically amongst men muslim men um there isn't that much importance uh, put upon it mm. and like you said it's more or less pushed under the rug and people don't really see the significance of actually discussing mental health and addressing those those issues i mean i i do think that it has improved to be fair yeah right i think uh, especially in um you know islamic societies and kind of just generally in the community as a whole just with um you know mosques and their initiatives and community centers and their initiatives and things like that i think it has improved but um i think we are coming at it from a place where maybe even you know five years ago maybe okay mm. let's go 10 years ago there was this is not a kind of discussion that was openly being had in the community possibly i mean this is just from my kind of uh, uh experience but do you think maybe perhaps that's because it got to a point where it became untenable and people just had to start discussing this so it's more of a uh, a negative turning into into recognition for for people because um i don't know if it's because just because of my natural development or growth or just becoming an adult but i think the issue has become from my view it, it, it definitely increased i i see more people with mental health problems um and like if if i was like to be quite frank right i don't think i've ever met a muslim that doesn't have mental a mental kind of health problem in some way yeah. and mm-hmm. i'm not diagnosing people for for uh, I don't want to diagnose people, but there's always an element like, um, and I'm fairly open to say that there's probably there's probably things that I need to work on as well. But like, I I I think it's it's more common that you do come across someone that's uh, struggling with something than you don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a part of that is just growing up. You know, you are more mature. Your outlook on life is different. You're experiencing newer things, and so you're realizing that you know you are feeling certain stresses and you're understanding that perhaps other people are also realizing those stresses so um maybe you're gaining more an emphasis on like uh 
or what can we do as a community to kind of help that yeah. situation you know yeah. what i mean don't um do you think there's a point yeah. like growing up what was your uh, understanding of what depression was because that was an interesting uh, point that i was thinking about i think in my in my experience growing up we never really spoke about depression mm-hmm. or what depression was so the way i learned about depression it was essentially about feelings mm-hmm. and emotions like an imbalance in in feelings and emotions but it wasn't until i actually began to feel depression that i realized what it actually was and how significant or how um how important it is to someone's mental health and it's not just a simple i'm feeling sad i'm feeling down mm. there are many aspects of depression that go much deeper right. than what many people are led to believe yeah yeah I, i mean as a child depression like i didn't kind of comprehend what it meant i felt i thought maybe it was like a physical feeling like you physically felt depressed in and then i think as you grow older you start to realize okay like these feelings of oh, this is probably what depression is like um what what what's your kind of thoughts initially isa i think it's like um um i think at one point you suddenly realize that this is not just sadness you know like a uh, uh you know like sometimes you're feeling down you know yeah. like you know like uh, it's just the environment or something or uh, maybe you have a t- you've had a tough day or something right and you're just feeling down right but um and i think when you're younger you kind of brush it off a lot more as like oh i'm just feeling down i'm just having a bad day or something right and then as it perhaps persists you start to realize that oh maybe this is an issue you know but i think the problem is is that you don't know how to combat it because mm. you're kind of just figuring it out on yourself and 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 that's just depression you know there's other things like anxiety yeah. and you know things like that there's a whole host of uh, issues where I felt at least kind of growing up that you you kind of just started to have to just figure it out like what is it that I'm feeling like what is this you know Yeah no absolutely I think and I I speak from my experience so I don't I don't say in general but I think in my experience those who are like susceptible to depression it doesn't really go away there are just different levels of depression that you have and it it fluctuates now and again so at one point in life you might feel severely depressed um but at another point and that severity might lessen so i think in my experience it doesn't go away 100% it's just about containing it it's about manage- managing it and this is about trying to uh control it to an extent yeah but i mean do, like do you understand, think it's to understand what it is um how it makes you feel and trying to separate the reality from from your thought process essentially but you feel that that's something that can just like never go away that like okay you have it like once it's come it's hit and it's it's like like a well, like a scar i can't say it can never go away but mm. um obviously in my experience and i say in my experience based on what i know and what i feel mm. based on my experience um i'd say that well maybe it can go away for me yeah. um but the way i feel and um specifically since my parents passed away mm. it always feels like it's there it's something that's at the back of my mind or it's something that i feel on a, on a regular basis you know but for me it's just about how i control it and how i manage it yeah i mean it's interesting because for me the experience is kind of uh um 
like I understand, uh, you know, personally, like I have had issues and I felt that it's come, but I felt that it's gone, you know, as well. I, you know, when yeah. it comes, it also goes. Like uh, in the moments when I don't feel it exists, I, I genuinely, I don't feel that um, I'm in that kind mm. of state. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would probably relate more to what Issa was saying. Yeah, I, I definitely feel as though yeah. there are triggers, and I think um, initially when I, I felt most, um, I, I felt these um, these feelings more more intensely. I, I, I think I, I, what I tried to do was find kind of coping mechanisms and things to deal with them. And then as mm. I became more familiar with these exactly. feelings, I then, I, I then they started to reduce slowly. But then what I also noticed was, uh, what I also noticed was that um, uh, there were triggers. So even though I may have got over the initial bump, if there are certain situations that can bring these things on, um, so, for example, like being alone for too long, um, not being occupied, mm. um, uh, mm. uh, putting yourself in uh, undue stress, extreme, extremely stressful situations without um, even even kind of on like a on a physical level, like not eating the right food and and being too hungry and sleep like generally well. like sometimes if i haven't eaten for a whole day i would feel really bad and that that's you could call that being hangry uh, but definitely <laughs> there are like, there's another element to it which is uh, slightly more deeper um so like looking after your, your physical health as well and, yeah, I, and there's I think like an imbalance of emotions right yeah and, and hormones exactly. as well so it's like you said it's, it's the food that you eat the the amount of sleep that you have uh, what you're doing in your life and i think all these factors they they play a major part in in how you cope with depression if you do have it and 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 kind of bringing it back to the sort of uh, muslim community you know that's why it's it's important to have those conversations out loud and to uh to have um uh you know like not protocols what's the word i'm looking for like initiatives you know what i mean yeah. to to make sure that when when people in the community are going through things that they have an outlet because like you said uh, that like uh you have coping mechanisms right well people different people have different coping mechanisms some people have coping mechanisms that are destructive yeah. you know and i think that's what's important and perhaps what i've started to see but maybe not seen enough of is uh, the initiatives to act as coping mechanisms or to act as kind of, uh, you know, like therapy, right? Mm. Just basic, yeah. basic therapy, yeah. you know. Do, do you think that there was anything that, that you did personally, e either of you guys, that kind of has helped your, your situations? Anything proactive that, that, you, uh, that you kind of take to, to address some of these concerns? I mean, I think... For me, at least, definitely, um, you know, like a big part of therapy is just, is just the talking aspect of it, mm. trying to get things off your chest. For me, that was a huge part, and I think that like um, that helps all the time. That I know that okay, I have someone that I can talk to and just kind of just, you know, was it easy? Was it easier to find someone to talk to? Or? Um, alhamdulillah, I think for me. I didn't realize that there was there were people there who I could talk to, but um, uh, w once I did realize that, then yeah, it it turned out to be you know uh, easy for me to do so. Um, I, 
it took a bit, but you know, and and it's not like I can do it with anyone and everyone. But yeah. um, you need kind of you need at least one person who you can have that conversation with. You know. What, what about you, Marcel? Yeah, no, I agree. Like talking is a basic form of therapy, essentially. Yeah. And um, but like you said, Isa, it's about who you're speaking to, and you can't just talk to anyone about how you feel. You know. Um, talking to the right person is it's amazing and especially when they are when they understand you and when they can off, offer advice that's particularly in, to, to the situation that you're in and but for me I think like speaking to my family speaking to my sisters mm-hmm. those people who really understood me the most that was very therapeutic and that was for me that was the first stage of essentially addressing my problems um what, what I've been going through and then obviously once we established um those issues I went a step further and sought professional help mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and initially I was very resistant to that because of the stigma of getting therapy or getting professional help yeah. um, but once I began getting professional help uh, I realized that it was extremely beneficial I mean I was able to understand certain emotions that I didn't didn't know existed yeah you know I was able to express myself in a way that I didn't know how to express myself yeah so that outlet and going through those those sessions, it provided me essentially an important aspect in my life of how to express myself, how to speak about certain issues in a way which people understand and um, obviously realize that they're important as yeah. well. And I think you made a good point there about um, speaking to the right people because I think going to speak to someone you're basically putting yourself in quite a vulnerable situation um you're you're opening yourself up to to someone and if you speak to the wrong person they give you the wrong advice or or they they betray your trust when when you when you open up to them it can actually have the complete opposite effect and make the person close off even more um but i I guess that brings on another topic which is um um in islam of course we have this uh, this concept of of brotherhood and, and sisterhood and being there for each other um how do you feel as though how do you approach if, if you've ever come across someone that's having similar kind of problems uh, they're feeling down or maybe you've observed something in them how do you approach that how would you advise people to approach um, each other if they think they're going through something like this that's a very I mean, good long break yeah <laughs> <laughs> no pressure I mean, for me, um, specifically for my friends, because in these situations, they've mainly been my friends. Mm. Um, I would approach them, and obviously in in a very calm, uh, in a very lighthearted manner, you know, speak to them, talk to them, ask them how they're doing, um, mention to them that I can see that you're going through something, you know, and just want to let you know that if you you want someone to talk to, uh, if you want to... A shoulder to lean on i'm here you know mm. but obviously don't uh like prod them or it, pressure yeah. them into into speaking to you you know yep. obviously give them their space understand that they're going through something and if they're comfortable they'll come to you but at least you've given them that that opportunity to approach you you know mm. and so because that's mm. that's how i've done it myself you know like my sisters they've they've approached me they said we've noticed that you're not feeling too good or that you're looking quite down yeah if you want to, if you want to talk, we're here. If you don't, yeah. we, we understand. You know, we'll we'll give you your space, but just know that we're here. And f- that for me was very like it was, 
it was so comforting to know mm. that there are people there who are, who are willing to listen to you and understand what you're going through and and who won't judge you essentially you know exactly so they basically opened up a door uh and for me that's what essentially made me talk and speak and express how i feel because i'm i'm quite introverted and uh it's difficult for me to like talk to people on this level mm. so once they allowed me to talk i alhamdulillah i didn't find it very difficult in the end yeah i think i think that's super important for you know just for someone to just say how are you doing without any you know most of the time you get a message and someone asks you how is everything they're not asking how is everything it's just a nicety because they want something right yeah but when someone genuinely just messages and just says you know how are you it's it's a very comforting thing that you have someone because you know that they're doing it because uh they they're truly concerned for for your own health and they just want to check up on you and that's uh even if you don't kind of uh tell them everything about what the issues are or anything it's it's comforting because what it lets them know is that there's someone that they can if they if they if they feel ready to that there is someone that they can go and talk to and discuss their issues with you know mm-hmm. uh, but but i think i do think though that um um that we as muslims in general within our communities need people who are trained trained in the you know the correct way to deliver this kind of um oh, advice yeah, because uh, you know similar to you uh, Muhammad Musa I mean the I remember going in in university um because they did offer like counseling and things like this and I I thought about okay let, let, me, let me try and try it out but the thing I realized was that the the counseling is secular hmm. you know yeah and uh, a lot of issues that i might have or things that i might go through um they require a spiritual dimension they require the lens of islam as well you know so when 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 the counselor who who is not who's not a muslim is giving you advice sometimes it can be things like uh that do not really fit in with you and your situation yeah. you know they they might be counterproductive to your islam sometimes yeah yeah so so yeah there is that barrier um, exactly and the, 100 i agree like 100% that there, there needs to be uh, more professionals within our community that mm. deal with these issues in the correct yeah. manner yeah. i mean do do either of you guys know like okay very basic question Do you guys know if these services are offered within your local Muslim communities? Um, so, I... so within my local masjid, um, I saw a poster there that uh, said there were counselors and um, therapists. So I contacted Mus- Muslim them. ones. Muslims, yeah, it's a Muslim okay. organization. But I called them. The number was inactive. I emailed them. <laughs> I didn't get a, a reply from them. I asked about them in the masjid. Yeah. Um, but essentially no one really knew where they were or where, where they had gone a bit classic, i think either yeah. either that that advert must have been quite old no mm. one removed it um so i did look like within the community um but unfortunately i couldn't really find yeah. i couldn't find uh, anyone yeah okay and it was only it you? was only after after i finished my therapy session from this non-muslim yeah. organization 
yeah. that I came across Sheikh Suleiman Ben El. Mm. He he's a counselor himself. Right. And, yeah. Um, and he's a he's a part of he's a big part of that community, right? And so that's oh, helpful. Definitely, he is. Yeah. Exactly. What about you, Mishraf? Do you do you have that in yours? Um, I'm not aware of any. Um, I'm aware that they do yeah. exist, but that's probably because um, I run a website that um, shares innovative and interesting <laughs> stories about the Muslim community. So they definitely are, no. they are, definitely are there. They definitely exist. I know people who have used their services, um, mm. especially, <clears throat> especially like on a, on a female to female basis. There's there's yeah. quite a few people, which I think is important. Um, but aside from the fact that um, there are Muslims working in the secular, um, what's the industry? What's the industry called? The one as psychologists and 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 kind of therapy psychologist. But there is also there's also the development. There's also the development of um, a, a different sector like based around Islamic Islamic psychotherapy. Yeah, so that's, that's yep. going to be interesting yeah. and, and see how that develops. Um, because what that is is rather than having a secular basis, it's it's uh, it's blending the two things together and 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 using. Islamic concepts to diagnose um, mm. problems, which, I mean, that's the ultimate. This is yeah. the ultimate truth. I mean, in my experience, um, like secular uh, therapy and, uh, yeah, that essentially. Yeah, it's very like scientific, mm. uh, and it's quite rigid. So they attach to they diagnose you essentially with CBT or they treat you with some CBT, other yeah. disorder. Yeah, so. It's in my experience. It was. It was I mean, it was good. I enjoyed, It was helpful for me. Um, but obviously, we didn't touch upon the aspect of faith. Right. And I, I, did, I did tell them that. I did tell them that faith is an important part of my life. You know, and um, it is quite essential. What, you... And obviously, it, they did what they could. Um, but it's not the same as as having a, a Muslim counselor yeah. or a Muslim professional who could obviously advise you. In those areas, you, you kind of you talked about that. There's there's probably some slight barriers going to this um, kind of this sec- going through this kind of secular approach. What what kind of things did you did you notice that could have been maybe addressed by someone who was a Muslim? So when I mentioned that my faith obviously is an important part of my life, uh, they spoke about, for example, like going to the mosque, um, but that's essentially about it, really. They didn't go beyond like just going to the masjid. They didn't talk about how um, how faith in your life is essentially your life, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They, they they separate they separate faith from your from your exactly, from your life yeah, essentially. Yeah. I I think I think probably what they do is, and I might be wrong, but I mean uh, this is kind of generalizing. I think uh, something that they do is kind of just like uh, is like use it as like a, like your teddy bear. Like Islam is your teddy bear, exactly. You know? Like exactly, you squeeze yeah. it when you're sad, and yeah. like halas, that's it. That's it. Yeah. But, and, and that's why you know that's a that doesn't sit with us because for us, you know, our entire le- our lens on reality is through Islam. Hmm. It's not. It's not just some coping mechanism that we just have. And I think even as Muslims, like you see this a lot. You know, oh, you're feeling sad. Go and do the go and pray. But like. um the issue is just is more than that within them and you know just using the salah as as like your coping mechanism mm. i think it it kind of degrades it a little bit because you're just like yeah it makes it secondary to yeah but but the reality of it is, is that okay you have a, an actual issue now how because it, obviously you know islam is your 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 you know your entirety 
how do you deal with your problem through that lens and it's more more than just like okay go go and just like go and just pray because they don't talk about how you you can incorporate exactly into these issues into these matters how your faith actually addresses these problems you know and so i think it is important therapy is important um uh but essentially, I think what we what we do need is like professionals in in the community. So, so just one interesting thing is is that, um, and I came across this relatively recent recently. Do you guys know um, someone called Abu Zaid Al Balkhi? No. Have you ever heard of no. Abu Zaid Al Balkhi? So no. Abu Zaid Al Balkhi was a, um, a a polymath. Um, he was born in eight fifty. Right, I'm reading the Wikipedia now, but I but I had heard about him earlier. I'm just reading this now because just to get the facts right. But he had um, he wrote he had works on um, on mental health, so he was writing about mental health and kind of um, uh, Islamic psychology, you know, back in the kind of late eight eight hundreds, you know. Oh, wow. So so it's not like um. That, that's what I was saying like at the beginning, right? It's not like something that hasn't existed and it's not something that we as Muslims have not kind of addressed in some way. Mm. I think it's just that on a societal level, um, we've kind of just let it kind of slip through our fingers. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? prioritized it. Yeah. There, there was another um, kind of facet that I was looking at as well is that we're in kind of a, a, a doubly deep hole, if that makes sense, in that Firstly, in the UK that we live in, uh, the, the country that we live in right now, there is already a problem with coping with mental health on just a on a national mm. level. And the way, like you can go into all the stuff about the NHS and their incompetencies and, and, and why services are not being provided. Um, and then there's the other thing that Musa mentioned is that Muslims um, don't have that person to relate to when they're going into these kind of um, these uh, these uh, clinics, uh, so there's a kind of double uh, double whammy there, or, or and, and it makes it more difficult for Muslims uh, to access help. But uh, I think you touched on an interesting point there about using your faith um, as a means of of finding some relief. And of course, ultimately, the reality is that by be- becoming closer to Allah, we we inshallah should should. Um, Find tranquility and peace, and that's uh, that's the reality of uh, of our existence, right? So, um, it is. Yeah. How have you? Yeah. But it's, but it's, but but I think but I think it's the it's the it's the manner in which you approach that, right? Because, um, you know, it's really easy to say to someone like, uh, you know, do more dhikr, because you know, Allah says in the Quran, right? That by the remembrance of Allah, that the hearts are rendered tranquil. And it's very easy to just use that as a verse and say, just do more dhikr and you'll be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you're right, right? That reality exists. Coming closer to Allah, Azawajal, makes, uh, you know, uh, increases tranquility in your heart. But it's the kind of manner in which you approach that, you know, it's it's not as easy as just remembering Allah because it's remembering Allah in the right way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, when I say... When I say doing it in the right way, I mean like um, not by just reducing it to just thinking about God and imagining that that person is going to be all right. You know, it's yeah. it's a lot of effort that you put into them and it's kind of, it's more so like reminding them of God rather than having them just by themselves like, okay, go remember God yeah. now. 
on exactly, a, yeah. on like yeah. a, a practical level, do you, do you do you do anything that kind of helps you on a, on a, a spiritual basis that that you found to be really helpful? I mean, for me, genuinely, just kind of studying more about the Dean itself, uh, I feel that it it helps on another level, and and kind of just uh, um, learning about like the Prophet Ali Salatu Wasalam and and the and the beauty of the Prophet Ali Salatu Wasalam, which is again just the these are like basic uh, intrinsic parts of the religion, right? But um, when you come at it with concentration, I mean, for me at, at least, anyway, right? That's those those are things that help. Things that kind of put things in per- into perspective for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's that's yeah. um, well, the the reality of, of obviously um, studying sacred knowledge that may bring some kind of um, uh, relief, but it may also be that that you're focusing on something, right? You're dedicating yourself to something. You're keeping your mind occupied. That's also having that effect as well. Yeah, yeah, and and I think and I think the fact that that thing that you're keeping your mind occupied on is Allah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Goes back yeah. to the um, finding um, a treatment in things that are beneficial rather than destructive. Mm. What, what about yourself, mm. Musa? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree with Isa. I mean, I mean, like the end of my therapy sessions wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't the end of my depression. You know, it wasn't an end to, to all my issues. Um, but I found that going to the masjid more often. Uh, attending Sunday classes, um, going for tafsir classes, uh, and just being around that community and in in that area, uh, that that atmosphere, that was very beneficial. You know that that brought a lot of like peace and tranquility to my mind, and, and also like being active, like for example, playing sports. Yeah. You know, playing badminton, squash, uh, going for walks in the park. For sure. Um, like for me, that really helped me out as well, you know, and I was able to manage and cope with those issues more effectively and more efficiently uh, than before. So both that the aspect of faith and also keeping active and busy. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you you talk about the um, aspect of, of sports because I know in general, obviously, we, we we don't we don't not like just sports, but like just keeping active, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, because I think there's like a biological aspect of 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 depression as well, where your your hormones are stagnant, you know. But if you keep active and if you keep like moving around and obviously in 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 a, in a yeah, healthy yeah. manner, uh, in in a way that can expel that negative energy, yeah, you know, and get rid of that that, that anxiety. So, yeah. I mean, I read I read this one article where this lady she was suffering from anxiety. Uh, not not a Muslim lady. It was an, it was an, mm-hmm. on the Guardian. And she was suffering from anxiety and depression for for a good uh, uh, amount of her life. And it was only when she was 40, she began to jog and run. And so she had never done like running or jogging before, but she began running and jogging. And as difficult as it was, it actually helped her uh, cope and manage her anxiety and her depression. But obviously that's just with her. That's her uh, experience, you know. So. Yeah. But I can, I can like agree with that because... When I began exercising and um, playing sports, I did feel very good. You know, I think it's oxy- oxytocin or the endorphins um, that get produced when you when you run and when you when you're active as well. Yeah. So there is that biological aspect when of of feeling good or yeah. feeling bad. And, and and I was just gonna add to that as well that, like I was mentioning that obviously in general we we don't 
we're not encouraged to um to chase kind of frivolous activities and, and things that don't really bring benefit to us in the long run yeah. but sports not different sports mm. definitely not one of those but what i found um also quite helpful is that you know sometimes in life you have like small joys like things that don't really mean much but mm. you invest yourself in them like yeah. like supporting a football team or supporting yeah. a basketball team sentimental yeah. and uh, yeah, i find yeah, yeah i find yeah. that those small things as long as you don't take them um too close to heart uh, but you you can use them as kind of little escapes to kind of brighten up your day mm. whether that be maybe exactly. um, a, a sport that you watch or a, or a hobby that you do or maybe collecting things whatever it is just exactly. small joys that mm. you that you kind of invest yourself yeah. into i've always found that found that to be a, a kind of good um boost um so to say and i think that's something that people don't really realize that they don't realize that um when when talking when when thinking about their own mental health and when talking about other people's mental health they don't think about the fact that there you know uh islam is not such a rigid thing that you can't enjoy um uh you know just kind of everyday things yeah you know because obviously you, you maintain the decorum and the the kind of uh viewpoint and the kind of objectivity of a muslim right <laughs> but mm, yeah it it doesn't mean that you know you can't support liverpool or mm, exactly in my case the raptors <laughs> do you know what i mean it's yeah. it's you know it's it's those things i think i i completely agree with you it's those little victories that and little just yeah. kind of wins and feel good moments that really i think they help. they remind you of who you yeah. are you know yeah like the best person that you could be yeah like in my experience for example uh watching football uh, every saturday the premier league yeah we used to we used to do that every week with my dad and we used to have so much fun in those moments right yeah and but obviously over time after he passed going through those difficulties i forgot and i began to remember those times um after and it felt so good to remember them and to relive them and then start doing them again yeah as insignificant as it sounds but in that moment it was really empowering because it reminded me of who i was before yeah, yeah. all this happened yeah, yeah. Know, and it was a it was a major boost in fact so yeah i i totally agree you know and uh, we should do that as much as we can, as much as yeah. possible. Yeah. Mm. You know, find ourselves as to who 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 we were before we began having these issues and these and these problems. But you know, and the, and the thing is, like well, this this whole talk has been quite heavily focused on depression, right? But um, mm. you know, mental health is is wider than that. And you know, there's things oh, like yeah, anxiety, uh, you know, anxiety and stress, and these these all play into that. And I think. Um, uh, a big another issue that we might face is that um we don't know how to correctly uh you know put things in the in their proper in perspective you know mm. for example if someone comes to you and they have a particular issue it's it's very easy to just brush it off as oh this guy's depressed yeah where, it's generalized yeah where they might I have think that's a, very that's very dangerous yeah exactly and that that brings us back to why you need muslim professionals professionals mm. you know that as much as like talking to someone you know your friend or someone close to you is is helpful you know they can't diagnose what the issue is it's yeah. very easy for anyone to just go yeah this guy's depressed you yeah know? but that's not always the case yeah also i think people romanticize depression mm. like there's a lot of people who who see depression as a form of art or mm. uh, 
I don't know how else to explain it, but but they very they they more or less like trivialize it. I, I and think... that takes away the importance of what it is and, and the significance to to those who actually do have like severe depression. Do you know that's like? I mean, okay, this is just my my perspective, but that's like, uh, you know, we were talking about coping mechanisms, and I think uh, Mishwech was talking about like uh, coping mechanisms that are. Uh, like beneficial yeah yeah destructive right i think things like that that what you're talking about musa is those are kind of the destructive coping mechanisms because mm-hmm. they are yeah. right yeah uh, that's right. like expression and when you like draw and stuff like that but the, yeah. more, it might be that the destructive ones more, more positive hmm? ones i guess yeah. yeah yeah exactly right there's the there's yeah. more there's more positive ones and perhaps less so right yeah yeah, yeah. And people, people. I, think... I think it's it's important to like compartmentalize your emotions. Yeah. You know? Because if you if you're unable to um, understand what you're feeling, if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling depression, uh, if you're feeling uh, like nervousness and all that. Yeah. Then, if you can't, for example, if you can't understand how you feel, how how is anyone else supposed to understand how you feel? No, but the the, the thing is right that you know you'd you'd assume it's like uh you have a medical illness right because it is it's a medical issue right yeah, it um, is, yeah. You, you'd go to a doctor you don't know what's wrong you you can yeah. you can tell them the symptoms right because yeah, you know the symptoms they'll tell you and yeah. then then they'll tell you like okay you've got this based on your symptoms you know and then they'll run yeah. the tests and they'll you know all that and i think that's the same thing with therapy and just mental health mm, you exactly, yeah. you might not know what it is that you have but you know what your symptoms are yeah you know that you do this you do this you do that right and they the whole point of that therapy is probably that that guy is gonna or that woman is gonna tell you that like hmm. yeah you've got this yeah. or that you know exactly yeah. going yeah. um going slightly back and probably you guys have to think back a little bit and have some deep thoughts but do you think um that so personally um, when i was pretty young so probably like uh before before i went into secondary school um obviously i didn't identify as having any any problems and i didn't feel any problems i wasn't aware of any issues looking back now do you think that there were some things that perhaps may have triggered or kind of were on the rise and resulted in you having kind of these situations that you have now or do you think maybe it was a like an event that perhaps triggered your your um, uh, mental health uh, worries oh yeah for sure um i'd say like in, in my experience by the way i'm, I'm asking that too much in, in my experience <laughs> no it's all right it's should, all I, right. should i cut back on that no no you're good you're good no but i agree because as a child you don't realize um certain experiences or certain incidences that you're going through uh, not, not not at least not the major ones right but it's only like later on in life do you realize how certain incidences certain experiences certain events have affected you like uh, subconsciously right there are some things that that affect me that i didn't know um were an issue if right, that makes sense yeah. And I can I can trace that back to my childhood when I moved to this country, mm. you know, which was quite chaotic and um, generally not quite smooth, you know, seeing certain situations. So, um, but it's 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 interesting how 
um, those experiences would later affect me later in life. So a, a number of years would pass, and then I would start to see uh, the, the the effects of those those experiences. Yeah. Which is why it's really important to, if you have, if you have a family, and you're going through certain uh, certain experiences, it's important to sit down and to talk about that in the moment, as as opposed to let it pass and then affect you later on in maybe life. Maybe that's where they originated from. Those are the people that can relate to you the most and. Maybe you can um, you can heal some of those those problems that may have come up in in the first place, or because those are, those are the people that are most close to you. Yeah, mm, yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, in, like it's it's important, I think, to to be self reflective, to think about you know your own condition and kind of you know people don't people don't. I, I, I I think maybe I'm complaining too much about people. I think I, I think I don't just sit and just think about, just think, you know, just to reflect, take a moment, just think. I think you know, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. In terms of, I found my greatest improvements and developments with this topic when I've started to think deeply about why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, mm. and um, avoiding yeah. situations that have brought on certain feelings um and uh, i think i think one of them one of the more positive developments is when stress develops as a result of an external factor right because i think it's a lot more difficult when it's an internal factor or it's something really close to you that that's a more difficult struggle right but for example if it's work related um if it's you have too many things in your mind uh, related to some some problem maybe it's financial problem um i think I probably have got better with that as I've aged, right? And um, mm. and I think one of those, one of the ways that I think you've also mentioned is compartmentalization and uh, prioritization. So um, looking clearly at the things that you have, maybe even write it down, right? And see what's mm. the most important thing right now. And if I don't do this, what's going to happen? If I don't do this, what's going to happen? Is it really going to be as detrimental mm. as I think? And just yeah. having that down clearly in front of you you're already you're ready you've, yeah. um, you've already helped yourself out massively that's a really good um way of understanding how you feel because when you have depression your mind takes you to some very dark mm. places and obviously like shaitan he takes advantage of those who are weak yeah. you know and um so it's it's important to separate those negative thoughts from reality and a lot of the time when you're depressed or when you're going through a difficult period, uh, shaitan, he takes advantage yeah. of that, right? Mm. And so he, he, um, what's the, what's the word? He manipulates, he, he manipulates, he misconstrues, mm. uh, the reality. Yeah. And so it, essentially it makes it worse, right? It makes, it makes what you're feeling much more worse. Yeah. I think that that's why, like, as much as, um, uh, as much as you're kind of you, you need to be reflective. You also need to be reflective out loud sometimes, and that's just talking yeah. to people. Exactly. Yeah. But you need to know. You need to know what you're talking about, right? Because they can put things in, into perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they they can bring clarity and yeah. So I think it's important to um, number one, uh, write down how you feel, right? Express how you feel. Mm. And number two. 
uh, speak to someone that you know, speak to someone that's close to you, someone that understands you, that's on your level. Mm. So for me, it's my my family, right? My sisters, uh, my cousins, or essentially my, my brothers, uh, and you guys, right? I've known you for a while now, and alhamdulillah, I can say that, I can say with no doubt that you understand me, you know me, and I feel absolutely comfortable speaking with you. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't feel ashamed or embarrassed speaking with you, telling you how I feel, you know, and alhamdulillah, speaking with you makes me feel good. You know, there's, there are many, many cases and scenarios where you've, you've helped me out. Um, you've put perspective and clarity. And um, I, I believe that uh, you're part of Allah's mercy. So it's important to, number one, write down how you feel, speak about it. And once you do that, you're able to uh, not only address those issues, but understand that it, it gets better, you know? Nothing lasts forever. Yeah. And um, as I've been told, uh, Allah won't give you more than what you can bear, you know? Mm. So it's, it's important to understand that. When you're, whenever you're, sometimes you're going through a difficult period in life, uh, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to understand that it won't last forever. You know, it won't last forever and um, it will come to an end. Yeah. And there's a specific purpose as to why you're going through that, you know, and um, you can bear it. Of course you can bear it because Allah's not, Allah's not cruel. You know, he, mm. he's merciful, right? He's, he's the merciful. So essentially what you're going through, you're going to gain what you're going to go through, mm. right? Through expiation of sins, um, you're going to get a reward. You go, it, it, it depends how you address those situations, how you approach it. You know, um, you can either become stronger or you can become weaker. Yeah. And um, essentially, it's important to understand what you want to gain and who you, who, who you want to become from these situations. And these are definitely uh, opportunities to build yourself, to build your character, to build your personality. Um, I think people who don't go through difficulties in life they haven't really experienced life mm. you know so yeah that's i mean i i don't know what else to add those are very <laughs> wise words um and uh I think... <laughs> by the way some, sometimes i talk but it's um i, I think I, re I realize that maybe um sometimes what i say is not really understandable so no, if if it isn't, let me know. You know, then I'll try to rephrase it. You can you can put into the the comments. Uh, can you guys understand <laughs> anything that this guy is saying? No. Or should we just? I'm like I'm right now. I'm 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 on, on autopilot. So <laughs> I'm just talking. You know. Well, we we are recording this at the end of a very long week for everyone. So alhamdulillah, yeah. you know. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you yeah. you put it beautifully when you said. Uh, someone's mercy mm. yeah as 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 uh, and i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this as the uh, prophet ali said rahman right the most merciful is merciful to those who are merciful so exactly yeah yeah just thought i do you think that for example <laughs> no when you say oh uh allah is allah was most merciful to him mm. that say for example in my in my instance, right? Yeah. I have you. I have you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Who are a great blessing in my life. Mm. Could you be part of that mercy? Could you be that mercy in my life? Well, I mean, like when I speak to you, when I tell you my problems, when I 
seek advice from you, right? And this, for example, you guys just being there, it's it's a great great comfort in my life, right? Well, I mean, you know, blessings are uh, can be manifest in you know in the dunya. That's it, manifestation. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the, that's what I wanted to say. Manifest in the dunya or in the akhirah, you know, or both sometimes, you know. So alhamdulillah, yeah. they 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 come in in whatever form they come in, and um, uh, you know, and and it's it's unique to individuals, right? Because of course, you know, alhamdulillah, you you view us in a certain way, but and you know, this is just natural. But there's probably others out there who don't view us in the same light, you know, mm. and uh, it's it's all dependent. And alhamdulillah, you know, you you just. Uh, uh, you're, for whatever we have, we're just grateful for that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has given it to us, and you know, Alhamdulillah, yeah. we just we, what Alhamdulillah, we can do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've just gone over the the hour now. Um, it's been a definitely a fruitful discussion, and and I think more people need to have these kind of discussions. So I'm glad to have uh, um, uh, done this podcast uh, with you two guys. Um, and yeah, I think that's uh, mm. that's all we've got for today. Um, appreciate you. You guys tuning in and listening to us as usual. Um, feel free to follow us on our, our social medias. It's all at Bahath Mag, B A H A T H M A G, um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As usual, we normally keep those updated with all the latest things that we be doing. Um, Musa, do you, do you have any? I know you're quite the private man, but do you have any public platforms that you think people should go and follow? I don't have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Um, but if you want to email me, it's uh, it's July the eighth at iCloud.com. Mm. Wise. Excellent. Drop me an email whenever you want. You know. Okay, fantastic. Um, is there any any parting words? No, alhamdulillah. I think it was a great discussion. It was just a couple of guys average guys talking about mental health and i think it's important to have those conversations so alhamdulillah and on the, a final final note musa as you may be aware because you've been a, a guest on wax lyrical before we're quite fond of um, adding a, a classic movie scene at the beginning of every podcast and we're going to ask you a question on the spot um what we're going to mm. give you the honor of choosing the scene um normally it reflects the discussions that we were having um what's your what's your suggestion Mm, that's a very good question. Um, I would say, you know, um, sorry, does, does it have to be a movie or does that, can it be? Can it, it be, be a TV, TV series, series but like, TV just TV like make TV. it easy for us to find on YouTube so we can do it. So what do I just, do I just, um, just suggest you know, one, just suggest one. What, what do you suggest think? One. Yeah. Um, wait. Google it if you need. I, I, okay, wait, no. Um, I, I'm trying to think which is, which is a good TV, TV scene that I've seen. He's going to say The Office, isn't he? No, not the office. There's a scene in Che. You know, there's a movie called Che, right? Yeah. Yeah. The the, the opening scene. Um, there are these two Cuban dissidents in a boat in New York on the River mm-hmm. Hudson, and um, they launch a mortar towards the UN oh, building. But it doesn't land on the UN building. It just goes back <laughs> to the river. Okay, we're not adding terrorism some kind into of dialogue. It. Oh, okay. You yeah. know, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a good, good person. To you ask know what? We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, discuss this off off the podcast. To see if you can find something. Uh, yeah. 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 I need. I need time, time you know? to think. It's important. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> All right. So it was, it was. It was good.
Barakallah Fiqh. He was a good discussion. And yeah, thank you for the beautiful reminders as well. You know. Certainly, this life is but a struggle. Yeah. And as they say in the books of the revolution, until victory, until victory, the crowds and cadres bellow, until victory, until victory, until victory, until victory. down with the devil and his bedfellow. Oh, captain, my captain. Shut the hell up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hawa is giving me the eyes, so I'm going to go. Okay, yalla. All right, take it, guys. Yalla. Salam alaikum. Salam. He's getting the door. That's guys, my door. Is that my door? Bro, do you have a doorbell? Who's... Yeah, I do. Oh, it's Musa. Musa. Musa get <laughs> Got a little guest over here. Oh. Hawa. What's up? What Are you okay? What are you doing? Can't she hear us? No, she can't. Because I'm wearing headphones. No. Say hello. Say how are you? What's my name? What's your name? So you seren pochinki. Can you march for me? Salute. March. Okay. I need to finish off my work now, so you have to go, okay? <laughs> You want to add some thoughts to, to our conversation? Yeah? What are your thoughts on, on mental health? No? No comment. No. I think she's... No comment. Back to All the right, studio. No. Nope. Put, put, put that down. Nope. Nope. I know, but they're dangerous. You're going to hurt yourself. That's definitely going into the blue for real. Bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye now. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, put your foot. There we go. All right, guys. Yeah, and this is a hundred percent going into the blooper reel.